0: Previously on Adventures in Questing.
1: Everybody else gets their long rests. You wake up around dawn. It is time to go and climb aboard the Shadow.
0: Hi. What's your name?
1: I am Corporal Talbot. Perhaps I can teach you something or uh, two. Layla's gonna sneak away. The door pops and kind of swings open a little bit. As you are rooting around, uh, you hear. Um, can I help you with something? Are you going to- not going to get you in trouble this time. Th- this is my first mate Colette. so we will be sailing to Swan Hill uh, as quickly as we can. This will be roughly a trip of about eight to nine days. Turns to Olivia. Finish your wine, and we would part ways. But know that the border waters of Colborn will be more heavily guarded for a while at least. Olivia kind of nods. It may be where you were born, Olivia. It is not where you are from. Her eyes like water for a second. And then she kind of like squares her jaw. Nods her head. Captain. He nods back. Captain. And she leads you back across the gangplank. You guys go back across the gangplank, it is pulled back and the paramour sails back the way it came. Olivia kind of stands there, everyone's kind of looking at her in silence. You can see her kind of mulling things over. She looks at Colette and Talbot, and she looks at all of you. My Cortis, we need to discuss some things. Alright, here we go. Are you guys following? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I realize. She walks into the room, closes it behind, she walks up. So, uh, what was that about? I was about to ask you the same thing. So was I. Mm. Well, I asked first. She's just, like, steps really close to you. I brought you in here at the goodness of my heart. You clearly have a history with the Colborni. I do not know what it is, but they know you. Am I wrong? No.
2: Raiden, just tell them. It's not like it's a big deal.
1: I do not care how they know you, but you should have told me this. Especially when I said we were crossing Kolboni waters. Yeah, well. She raises up a hand. You jeopardize my crew again. Colette will turn into a bear, and I will have her eat you alive. And Colette, on the desk, wiggles her fingers. Do you understand? Yeah, well, I feel like I wasn't jeopardizing anything, if I'm being real here. So you know for certain how every Kolbone will react to you. <laughs> yeah, I have a pretty good idea of how they're going to react to me. What do you mean? Tell me next time. That is all I'm saying. You got it. She kind of walks back over to uh, the table with the map. I will not risk sailing closer to Colborne. Things are already tense enough and I do not have a good re- working relationship with every captain from Colborn. We're going to take the Broken Bridge and that kind of... All right, I'll tell the boys to break out the oars. Hmm. What's the Broken Bridge? The Broken Bridge is a... it is a channel, I suppose. A, a way to travel from the shared sea to the Tylen very easily, she points down at the map. Right at the, like, kind of peninsula of Vester, you see this collection of, like, really close together islands. Like, really, 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 really closely knit together. Long ago they were broken apart during some war, split by magic, severing Kolborn from Vester proper. And, um, it is somewhat treacherous. It will slow us down, but it will not take us through Kolborn waters. I do not want a trigger-happy Kolborni shooting mangonels at my ship. So we will take the broken bridge and go from there. It will technically, prob- if we make it through, it will cut our trip a few days shorter, um, but the day that we travel through it, I will need all hands on deck, and that may also include all of you. The bridge has a guardian. The bridge is his domain. And to gain access to the bridge, a toll, a token, a tribute is required from any who would pass through. I carry enough tokens for my crew, but I do not have anything for you. So when we reach the bridge, I expect you will all have come up with something to give to the Guardian to pass through the bridge.
2: What kind of thing
3: do we need to give?
1: Something that is important to you. that will mean something when you lose it. Rini, really, I thought you said there was not going to be
3: any bridges. I'm as surprised as you. It it's is not a, a water literal, bridge. It's not a literal bridge.
1: It's a water bridge that crosses land, not the other way
3: around. You know, okay. normally, you take a bridge over water. This one will be on water, going through. Okay. Yeah.
4: Who who, or what is this guardian?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: His name is Braca. Very little is known about him. I have only dealt with him a few times, but it is his domain, and... The stories of people who have angered Braka in any way, shape, or form are not kind. We will give him what he needs. It is less of a tribute and more of a gift. I understand that this is not what you signed up for, but if you wish to reach Svanhill fast, this is the way to do it. I do not want to cross the border waters with Colborn, and fight five or six Colborne longships. If you cannot come up with a gift or a tribute, I will see what I can do on my end. But he will... Appreciate it more, and our safety will be more guaranteed if it means something personal to you. She kind of sits there for a second. You can see she's kind of like mulling that meeting with Romero kind of over in her head. She kind of looks over at Talbot who kind of gives her like a little kind of reassuring nod. Excused. Okay. All
4: right,
1: You guys all step outside. Where are you guys going? Yeah, I think I'm gonna hang out on the uh, hang out on the bow. Okay, it is roughly now the end of the second day on, on the water. Yeah, you go and kind of hang out on the bow. Uh, after a little bit you hear a uh, I wouldn't actually eat you alive, uh, and you kind of turn around and you see kind of Colette kind of like swaggering up to the, oh, to the Oh man, ring. you got my hopes up. That's weird. Yeah, not my best line, I'll give you that. I mean, I'd rip you in half, I just don't want to eat you, because I feel that later when I turn back. Yeah, kind of <laughs> gross. You know, I'm very lean, it'd be hard to, anyway. <laughs> I just, uh, came over to say, um, I hope you'll forgive the captain. Hey, no, I mean, she has every right to feel the way she does. I mean, I don't know, like, what's going on there. She has uh, some history. The captain's got some history with Romero. Yeah, I don't need to know. I just The, the sails have been kind of dropped again, and you guys are continuing to yeah. to sail, though the course has been changed. You guys are heading um, now just directly east to go to the broken bridge. So this uh, broken bridge thing. <laughs> yeah. Have you passed through it before? Uh-huh. How much have you had to give up? First time, I uh, gave up my uh, my veil. Second time... I, uh, gave up a, a watch that I had bought last time I was in Assage, so... Alright. <sighs> no, I'm really attached to what I have. Huh. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It's less like he's this kind of greedy miser, it's more just like... It'd be like if someone walked in, like walked up to you at your house and was like, Hey, I would like to walk through your house. Also, here's this thing to make, it, make you feel a little better about it. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But he's, uh... <coughs> Something else the yeah? way, he look, way he looks at you. I don't know if it's cool or terrifying or a little, a little bit of both. Bit sexy, no. <laughs> no, he's kind of this weird sexless thing. I didn't find him particularly appealing. Mm. Anyway, see you later. Yeah, I'll see you. Turns around and walks away. You guys all go to sleep or what are you guys doing?
4: I want to check on my egg.
1: Okay. <laughs> you reach into your bag and you pull out your little egg. As you put your hands around it, you hear. Everything coming from inside the egg, like something's responding to your touch.
4: Hello? So this is a reptilian egg. Yeah. So when it's um, when it's about to hatch, you can kind of see, you can see the it moving. form Yeah. Still.
1: You can hold it up to the light and you can see the form within it.
4: Yeah, can I do that and mm-hmm.
1: see what it... Uh, it's kind like? of curled in on itself, but you see like a reptilian kind of head uh, and a reptilian kind of tail kind of snaking around. Uh, and it looks like wrapped around its body are two kind of like bat-like wings. Oh my god.
4: Wait, does it look like a dragon?
1: Uh, vaguely. <laughs> oh, baby dragon.
3: Dragon amoeba.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, what color is the I will say the egg, egg like? is
1: way too small to be a dragon well, egg. yeah, yeah. Maybe
4: just a baby dragon. Like a, a miniature. A, a baby <laughs> baby dragon. dragon. It's a, it's a toy,
1: toy dragon. dragon. <laughs> 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 okay, and
3: everything looks
4: okay with yeah. it? Yeah, like, everything uh, looks fine. Okay, and does it need... Does it doesn't need guess if it's fine. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Put put I
1: it just it want to check it. Put it back. Okay. Do you guys all go to sleep?
3: I want to find... Um, oh, you want to go is, find Talbot? Yeah.
1: Okay, you find him. He's outside, and he's looks like he's, like, mapping the stars on some parchment. Kind of walk over to him. Kind of yeah. turns. Folds up the map. <coughs> Hello, oh. Winifred.
3: Hi, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: It is fine. The stars do not go away.
3: <laughs> yeah. I just am having trouble coming up with something valuable, and I just... Have you dealt with this, um bridge guard guy before?
1: I have. I have gone through twice with the captain.
3: You know, if I just kind of conjured something, if maybe that would be okay. You know, like, um... Or I can even make something. I could make a little music box or something.
1: If you lose it, will you feel like you have lost something?
3: I can kind of make a lot of them. I don't know. No.
1: I cannot tell you what to give and what not to give. Yeah. There are no specific rules for this, but I do feel when you give the gift that he will see whether or not you feel like it means something. Have you ever been given a gift and the person who gives it clearly doesn't give a shit about the thing they are giving to you? Yeah. If it has meaning, he will sense that. He's an insightful being.
3: Mm. Okay. I thought so. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. And I know that we just met pretty recently and you're a much more powerful wizard than me and also just on a personal level, if this is a too personal question, you do not have to answer it. Um, I just um, wondered about your veil. I wondered if it's a special part of your uniform, or... or... And I I know that that's probably a really personal question, but I just found myself being really curious about it, since I saw you and the captain.
1: Uh, How much do you know about Vester?
3: Um, I read a lot, and I know that right now Vester and Oster are um, at war, and I know that the Vester Navy is um, a pretty big deal, but...
1: But you do not know very much about our culture.
3: I, I guess
1: not, no. We worship the twins, uh,
3: what I know twin about goddesses
1: me. of the moon, the moons. They are goddesses of many things, the tides, the moonlight, but also secrets and knowledge. To be of higher place in society, investor, means that you have in your possession many secrets, great knowledge, and the veil is a sort of representation of your standing investor culture, I suppose. So if you have a veil, if you have something that shrouds your eyes, which many believe to be the window to the soul, and to the knowledge that you might possess, it means that you are of higher standing. I and Colette wear shrouds over our eyes because we are corporals in the military and we are party to classified material. Olivia wears a veil because she is of higher birth, and is a captain in the Imperial Navy. A veil, or a shroud over the eyes is representative of the information and the secrets that you hold and the high standing that you have in Western society.
3: Wow, so you're pretty important then.
1: Uh, I would not say that, but it is a sign of my Hard work and my place in Western society.
3: So, what do you mean? I and mean, maybe you can't tell me. What do you mean, like, secrets, like government secrets? Or do you just mean, like, the secrets of the people of Vestor? Or, like, what does that mean?
1: It can mean any number of things. More often than not, it is a representative of hidden knowledge. Lords, mm. ladies, the empress herself, all have various veils to denote their standing in the world and the level of information, the level of important information that they hold within them.
3: So a lot of people from Vestor don't wear them because they don't have that.
1: If you were a, perhaps a farmer or something like that, you would not wear a veil, mm. which is a sign of the, the nobility and the military, the higher-ups in Vester. A veil investor, if you are speaking to a westerner, implies high rank, either in the military or in the aristocracy, I suppose.
3: So is it something that Westerns are always trying to obtain?
1: Obtaining a veil is a great honor. If it is given to you by a captain or a superior, it is a great honor to receive mm-hmm. one. I am the first in my family to receive a veil.
3: Wow, congratulations.
1: Thank you very much.
3: How long have you been on this ship?
1: I have served with Olivia Captain Ledoux for uh, six years.
3: Wow. Can, can people, um, lose their veils after they get them? Yes. Mm.
1: For great crimes against the Empire.
3: Oh, wow. Well, I definitely need to read more history books. I've been reading a lot of, like, myths and legends and lore. I really like Nadia Kadir. Oh, I I know Nadia. You, you know Nadia? Yes. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Okay, that's so cool.
1: She lives in Svanhill. And Winnie's
3: eyes, like, fill with tears immediately. Oh, you are
1: a fan of, of her books? Um, yeah. She's a talented wizard.
3: Wow. Could you help me meet her, maybe?
1: Uh, I will need to... I'm going to war. I don't think I have time
3: <laughs> to... I'm um, sorry, yeah. No, it's
1: fine. I mean, it, mm. it is not hard to find it. Is it Tall Tower in Svanhill?
3: A tall tower? It's
1: a wizard's tower, yeah. Is
3: it called called something?
1: No, it's just a tall tower, it's not very hard to miss. If you ask anyone, really, where Nadia Kadir's tower is, they'll point you in the direction.
0: Wow, how do you know her?
1: I'm a wizard, and I studied, uh, I I did not study with her, but I I studied uh, with a wizard who is a member of the Eight who is uh, associated with her, so I have met her a couple of times.
3: You studied with one of the Eight? Yes. Wow, which (laughs) one?
1: Uh, The the Master of Divination.
3: Oh, (laughs) duh, wow. Um, okay, um, yeah, I have her book. Which have, one? Um, it's called My Time in the Undead Valley. Oh,
1: that's a good one. Yeah. It's a fairly early one.
3: Wow. Oh, you don't even know how glad I I am that I came to talk to you. This is like, I mean, we've been very busy, and some really scary things have happened recently, so I've kind of been... Not thinking as much about fi- finding her. It's not exactly priority number one, but it is priority number one for me, Winnie, always. So.
1: Would so you want to uh, meet her? Yeah,
3: I would really like to learn things from her. And if she's. I mean, I've been watching you a lot. I hope that's not weird. And trying to <laughs> notice how you cast things. And, and you're obviously way more powerful than me. And if she's. If you guys learn together, I can only imagine it's.
1: She's very powerful, yes. Very prodigious caster.
3: Yeah. Does she, like, come out a lot, or does she stay up in her tower? She's a like? member
1: of a uh, Western aristocracy, so she is, it's many... She is? She She's, is? She is not a Westerner, so she does not wear a veil or something like that, but she has her tower in Svanhill. There are many arcane ley lines, and there is a, uh, a very important library in, in Svanhill, which does not look through books, but actually looks through uh, the memories of people, where memories are stored and where people may access the memories and can then uh, thereby see histories and things. Um, wow. and she does a lot of her research there. No, she is not an uncommon sight in Svanheim.
3: So, it I think she
1: is probably not close friends, but she is regularly at parties that the empresses and emperors hold.
3: Oh, wow. So, it wouldn't be weird for me to seek her out? Probably she not. Would, she wouldn't even... She, she wouldn't think that that's weird?
1: Uh, to be seen? No, she's... Quite public. She's not a private person.
3: Sorry. I mean, I haven't
1: seen her in a while. I have been away.
3: I know I seem really uh, shocked, but I guess sometimes it seemed like I wasn't even sure if she was real. I mean, I knew it, but it's just... Oh,
1: she's very real. And she's quite fun. Quite fun? Yes, she's fun at parties.
0: (laughs) Wow. I am not so fun, just because I
3: get shy. You are fun. Oh, thanks. I'm trying to get a little less shy. Um. Okay, Wow. Uh, I don't think I have any more questions. I'm just so excited. Okay. Um, hmm. uh, what is that library called?
1: It's, uh, the cerebral antechamber.
3: Oh my goodness. That sounds a little scary. Okay.
1: It is within the cerithium.
3: What type of magic does that, like, take, like, use? All
1: kinds. It's a very powerful kind of spell, but essentially memories, very specific, um, short bursts of memories can be stored within gems and imbued in gems. And then you may access these gems in the cerithium and experience the memory as if you were present.
3: Wow. That is so cool. can anyone go in there?
1: Uh, you generally need permission from a uh, a member of the nobility or um, something like that.
3: So maybe if I become friends with Nadia, I could go in there.
1: Uh, yes.
3: Thanks. Thanks a lot, Talbot. You're you're such a cool friend.
1: Absolutely, happy to help.
3: Thanks for your time. I'm probably gonna go to bed now. Okay.
1: I, if I can you. sleep. Oh, I'm oh, so excited. Oh boy. <laughs>
3: you kind of <laughs> Oh, Yeah.
1: So excited. Okay. Um, yeah. Layla's going to climb into the crow's nest. Okay. Climb up there. With her sticky slippers. Okay. Oh, with your spider climbing. So you just walk up to the yeah. crow's nest. Uh, there's a sailor. Ah! Hello. Hi. She's she's going to hang my hammock up. Kind of like moves to the side. Do you have permission like, to be up here? Because you know how there's, there's, there's like the like poles and little poles? Oh, yeah. She's going to hang up on the two poles. Oh, okay. So she's like... Kind of scoots to the side. Do you have permission to be up here? Don't mind me. Do you have permission to be up here? I'm going to sleep. Do you have permission to be up here? Yes. Make a deception check. With disadvantage, because it took it two times, it took it three times to answer the question. She was busy, she was tired from work. A busy. I'm six. Six, kind of looks at you. She's like, Which hammock are you out. hanging up? The nice one. The nice one? Okay, just don't tell anybody that I let you up here. Okay, good night. You're going to bed? She should sleep when they have it. She have okay. And just kind of sits there, kind of like pressed up against the side of the crow's nest for like the whole night. Uh, Raiden, you were out on the, the deck and kind of were looking down. Mm-hmm. Um kind of are looking down into the water, uh, and you can see uh, like something kind of glowing down in the water, Um, and for a very, very brief moment, you think you see these two eyes kind of open under the water, and this kind of familiar giantess face kind of like rises up in the water towards you a little bit, but as it grows closer, those kind of luminous eyes just become a jellyfish bloom, and it fades away. You just see now these luminescent jellyfish Lighting up the water. Uh, I'm gonna go wake up Pim. Okay. Pim's probably just reading. You hey, walk out. Pim. Braden shows up in your at your door. Hey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you uh you busy? Uh,
2: looks down at book. Mm, I mean, no,
1: not really. <laughs> so I want to show you. I'm gonna reach out my hand. Okay.
2: He dog ears his book. <laughs> Puts it away. Picks his hand. his
1: hand. You kind of run back over to the thing. Yeah. Yeah, and you go can see you can see some of these jellyfish kind of glowing and glowing up the night.
2: Are they very visible? Like, can you tell they're jellyfish? Yeah.
1: You can see them kind of Yeah. Uh, you guys see this kind of like faint glow coming from underneath them. Um, all the jellyfish are roughly like baseball sized. Mm-hmm. And you can see this faint glow underneath those jellyfish kind of rise up. And you see this jellyfish that's probably about the size of an elephant. <gasps> kind of like, <gasps> kind, of, like oh, my... kind of like hover below the water. And then you see like 10, 20 more all kind of surface and are kind of surrounding like the whole ship. And the ship is almost like slowly just kind of moving through this, like, field of glowing, oh. like, elephant-sized jellyfish.
2: Elephant really jellyfish. Pretty. Do they really get that big? Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> that is so weird.
1: Yeah. You hear this Todd glance on Pim's shoulder. What are we looking at? Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, look at those fish! Yeah. Kinda, like, he, like, looks over at you, Raiden. Oh, am I? Nah. You guys hang- just hanging out? Yeah, we're just hanging out.
0: We're just looking.
1: Cool. I will also hang out with you guys then. (laughs) (laughs) She (laughs) just kind of sits there looking at the jellyfish. Where were you? Oh, up there. Layla's up there, by the way. Oh. (sighs) She's fine. There's a guy up there. All right. You guys excited to, like, give a tribute to, like, the guardian of, like, a strange magical passage? I'm a bird. I'm a flyover.
3: (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to
1: use it. (laughs) I'm not going to use the passage. pop out, Todd. Thanks!
2: I think it's okay. really fair. If I could fly, I would. I feel kind of nervous. Yeah, about no, I was just teasing I, don't, you.
1: I don't really have any possessions. The one possession that I did have, Layla took. And I didn't really, mm-hmm. like, need it. Mm-hmm. Not really building a nest at the moment. Hey, uh, I'm gonna go to bed and hit the sack. See you later, Todd. Todd jumps down on onto pim shoulder.
2: Oh, okay. thanks for waking me up and showing me this. Yeah? it's like a really cool experience. You know, when I was asking about all the sights that we see, like, this is one of those sights. <laughs> uh, yep.
1: Yeah. Classic classic, Pim. And I'm going to walk away. Okay. You walk away. Pim, you're kind of standing there with Todd, and you hear this... Oh, God. And all the jellyfish come out of the water and fly up like they're balloons up into the air. These, like, giant jellyfish kind of rise up out of the water and just kind of float up, and then, like, this, like, bright glowing cloud kind of, like, drift away and out of sight.
2: I think Pim just like ducked below yeah. the little the Yeah. Talk shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and as they kind of close, he's like, Why that, that was that- pretty dope. I don't know. Some jellyfish can like fly too.
2: Aquatic creatures are so weird. Yeah. I, guess I not think these are exactly. aero aquatic. Okay, yeah. That makes sense because they're in the air right now.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's a term. I just made it up.
3: <laughs> aquatic. Uh, I- Sounds right.
1: <laughs> it sounds like cool inside it sounds like something that the doc would say. Like these are aeronautic creatures.
2: That's really true. We should ask her what the real word would be yeah. if it's a different word than She
1: that. probably knows.
2: Yeah. She knows a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Well that was really great. I'm yeah, a... that was cool.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go back up into the sails and sleep.
2: I'm gonna go uh, finish my book.
1: <laughs> she, he holds out his little bird foot. Aww. Little fist bump.
2: Pounds it. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Dap it up. <laughs> 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 Flies up Another out of sight. You all go back to bed? Uh, and sleep through the night. Oh, yeah. So, you guys wake up. Oh
4: no. We do? Uh,
1: and <laughs> when you guys kind, of kind of walk out on deck, Fuck. the ship is open? is kind of bobbing in the water, and you can see cliffs, like, right ahead. Fuck. You can see these tall... These ones are about 50, 60 feet up, of just sheer rock, and there's, like, sharp rocks sticking up. What? Do we
2: need to say anything about Jaden having to leave? Did we say oh, that? Oh,
1: Jaden's not here. He had to leave. <laughs> so now we're gonna ghost him. <laughs> He's
2: Sorry. gonna ghost.
1: He's been ghosted. He's been ghosted. and ghost. Um. Oh, the so Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom. Yeah. Fuck yeah! I'm gonna catch him all because he's Danny Phantom. Uh,
2: oh my God, that's so much Pokemon. You that's guys can so funny, see yeah.
1: uh, there is an entrance into these cliffs it's very very slim like it's maybe 40 feet wide and the water goes into this canyon and kind of turns out of view where you cannot see it anymore like very like wide enough that the ship could maneuver through it and actually looking up they are the crew are pulling down the sails and actually like lowering the cross masts so that they're kind of like being like lowered to like almost a parallel position with the main mast. So there's nothing like sticking straight out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hear, uh, looking down below in the hatches, you can see activity as the sol- the sailors are getting the oars out and opening up the hatches to like row the ship through this canyon because clearly wind is gonna be, would be a bit of an issue. You can see um, Olivia is standing kind of at one of the railings with Colette and Talbot. And you can see they are lowering a uh, boat like a lifeboat down to the water, and they have a um, they have a chest floating on like an invisible uh, little platform that Talbot seems to have conjured um, that they are clearly going to bring with them. You can see them kind of pointing, and as you all walk to the railings and look towards the cliffs, you can see there is one flat rock about 30 feet out from the cliffs um, that sticks above the water, but the water is still kind of splashing over. And as you're kind of looking, you can see that flat rock, there's nothing there, and there's a a splash of water, and then there is just a figure standing on the rock, about six feet tall, very, very thin, draped in kind kind of threadbare robes that are cinched together by like a rope, At his waist. He looks vaguely male just kind of a thin, kind of reedy kind of vibe and long kind of platinum blonde hair that if it was not blowing in the wind would most certainly hang below his waist. That's just kind of like blowing all over in the air and he's just kind of standing there patiently looking at the ship. And as you all kind of approach and you can hear these like of the waves kind of crashing against this rock. You can hear pretty much nothing but crashing waves right now. Like you can see why this place is considered quite treacherous. Olivia kind of looks at you all and kind of gestures to the boat. As it comes down even with the railing. We will now go and speak to the Guardian. Hop aboard. Okay. You all climb on board. Layla's we'll gonna walk down the mast and You just Morning everybody. <laughs> you walk over and get on the boat. Uh, Olivia Olivia sees you do that and looks up and you see this like sailor guy like like duck out of you. <laughs> You guys get in the row in the, in the boat, and so do Olivia um, and Colette. Talbot does not come with. Talbot helps lower the, the chest into the boat and does not come with. The boat is lowered down into the water, and you begin to row towards this row, row your low rock. Down the As you begin to approach it, the water level around the rock almost seems to lower, revealing more of that flat stone. Uh, Colette hops out, ties the, uh, the rope to a, an outcropping of rock, and, and makes sure it's, it's quite firm. She cracks her neck and turns into, uh, like, a big hairy ape and reaches over and grabs the chest and just kind of, like, lifts it up out of the boat and starts walking towards the guardian. Uh, Olivia, much more gracefully, like, steps out of the boat, kind of gives, like, a very respectful nod to this this guardian fellow and starts to walk forward. You guys get out of the boat?
4: Yeah.
1: Okay. You guys walk forward. Um, The chest is is laid down uh, in front of him. He's just kind of standing there. Uh, Looking now, his eyes are, like... They don't have whites, they don't have irises, they don't have pupils, they are just like this bronze metallic color. Uh, it's very kind of strange. Um, and Eerie, you never really quite know where he is looking. And he just kind of looks you all over. Um, they lay the chest in front of him and then they go and take seats on some of those stones. Olivia, after she takes the seat, goes, Braca, bridge keeper, we offer this gift so that we may pass through your domain unharmed and undisturbed. The figure kind of looks at her. Gives her a nod. I accept the gift. The water kind of rushes over the, the rock and kind of laps at all of your feet and pushes the chest to the edge of the rock and off down into the depths of the water. He looks at you, Pim. Um,
2: I'm assuming you mean some my offering? He's looking at you. Yes.
1: What is your name?
2: Pim Glenfellow.
1: It is nice to meet you, Mr. Glenfellow.
2: It's really nice to meet you too.
1: Kind of like moves his head, like come stand in front of me. He like urgently, yeah.
2: kind of awkwardly rushes over. <coughs> down at you. He like goes on one knee, respectfully. Okay. Um, well, I know that you need an offering. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, uh, <laughs> and then like he's going to open his messenger bag and pull out the book of lore that he's had since he like was home and has read it. Um, and he's going to like, look at it, and then set it gently at Bracca's feet, and like kind of go back to kneeling his head. You
1: feel a hand kind of on your shoulder. Thank you, Pim. I will take care of it. Thanks. Kind of looks at you, Layla.
2: Hello.
1: Kind of gives you a smile. What is your name, little one? Layla. It is nice to meet you. It is nice to meet you, too. You have weird eyes. I've been told. <laughs> oh, right, I have to give you something, else. <laughs> Um... I have a lot of things. Do you like shiny things? Who doesn't? <laughs> I don't think Raiden does. He always gets mad at me when I take them. Uh, she's gonna pull out that crystal ashtray she stole from... Richard okay. house. Okay. I guess who can have this. This is my first shiny. Reaches out. I don't smoke, but thank you.
4: <laughs> you
1: Puts it down on the ground next to the book. Thank you, Layla. Kind of kneels down. Are you all right? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Fine then. Do I, is there something on my face? I have seen many people in my time. And a lot of people, he kind of very subtly looks over at Thora, seem like they are running from things. You are not running from anything. Well, but no I don't- Well, chasing me. I think it's because you do not know if there is anything you should be running from. Well, I don't see anything, so. Just kind of smiles. Thank you, and looks over at you, Winnie.
3: <laughs> Hello. Hi. I don't have very much, um, but I do have this and I take a little piece of parchment from inside of my little vesty thing and I put it out and I say, this is the thing that means the most to me. <sighs> it has my mom's handwriting in it and my dad and sometimes I miss them a lot and this is what I have.
1: He kind of reaches out his hands and very gently kind of takes it. Thank you, Winnie. Thank you. Turns to you, Thora.
2: I think Thora's um, avoiding eye contact (laughs) since he Mm. made that little comment. And I think uh, she snaps off the Tempest um, necklace that she has that she Mm. shares with her brother. And I think she's going to look at him for the first time and say, this is all that I have. And I think she's going to throw it at his feet.
1: Okay. Just kind of looks at it as it kind of (laughs) clatters on the stone.
2: And I think when she walks away, I don't think she can stop looking at it. Like, I think it's clearly very painful that okay. she gave that, yeah.
1: Kind of looks at you. Doc. Doc, you kind of step forward. I do not see many of you. <laughs> what brings you from beyond the veil?
4: Trying to find a lot of things that are missing.
1: Kind of leans in very, very close. So pretty much only you can hear this. At Faith Haven. You may find your first steps. Kind of leans back, gives you more space. Faith Haven? Hmm. nods.
4: Thank you. I think she takes off um, her necklace. So it's like the necklace of her people. Mm hmm. That has like all, all the colors. The, all the colors mm-hmm. of the dragons. All the metal and stuff. And she takes it off. She's like, I've had this since I was born, and it is my culture.
1: Reaches out and, and takes it. He holds this one to his chest for, like, several seconds before putting it back down on the stone, and the water kind of washes it all off the rock and into the depths. He gives a nod, and Olivia, and Colette stand up. Olivia kind of looks at him. We have safe passage. We will not be disturbed. Braca, the guardian, goes, None shall harm you. They have given me their word. A band of Sahuagan refugees currently live in the bridge but they have promised to leave their raiding ways behind them. As long as they have the solace of the bridge, they have given me their word that they will not disturb any who pass. Olivia kind of looks at him. And you would trust Sahu again to keep their word. He just kind of nods. I have mistrusted far too many. Kind of looks at you all. Safe journeys. I hope you all find what you are looking for. Hopefully fate will bring you back to my gate once again. The water kind of crashes around him, and he's gone.
4: What does Doxy know about um, the copper metallic ancient dragon?
1: Make a history check. Or a religion check, your choice. copper metallic dragons are in the stories, um, here, let me pull up, um,
4: my... Because he had copper eyes.
1: Well, he, had, right? uh, he had, kind of bronze eyes.
4: Bronze, or bronze. That's what I
1: meant. Do you, wh- which one do you want? Do you want bronze or copper?
4: Bronze. Because okay. his eyes were
1: bronze Uh, the bronze dragon, Pitala, was the, uh, is the bronze dragon god in your religion. Mm-hmm. A warrior, a wanderer very lawful in the way that uh, he moved through the world, very, very devoted to, uh, to Sona, the, the gold dragon, a little bit more active in the ways of the world where Sona would kind of sit back and watch, uh, Pitala would go off and fight in battles, uh, lover of the sea and things like that. And bronze dragons in that vein have always kind of kept to those kind of behavioral characteristics, like warriors, very lawful, close, like kind of coastal, like love the, love the sea, that kind of thing. Okay, you guys and you guys get back in the boat and row back to the ship. As you guys are about to step back on deck, Olivia kind of puts a hand out in front of you guys and just kind of looks at you all. A sacrifice was not expected when we took off. I thank you for helping us get through and I apologize for putting that on you.
2: Thanks for what giving you? us a ride. <clears throat> what do you know about them? They just seem to know stuff about the world and about us.
1: He is an insightful being. Can look into people's eyes and souls, some say, and see what drives them, but I do not know, he is very mysterious, I mean he just appears on a rock in the (laughs) middle of the water, like that's kind of weird. (laughs) Um, But I do not know much about Braca except that he is the god, and for decades that he has been the god of the broken bridge, a gift has been given. Not asked, notice he never asked, but is given. We're going to move through the bridge now. Do you have a question, Doctor?
4: Yeah, you said Coborn split. Decades ago from the island? Uh,
1: thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago? Mm -hmm.
4: And did he become the guardian recently, or...? Bracca has
1: been the guardian as long as I have been alive. So, several decades. Alright, we will begin now. She yells down, ORS! And these oars stick out of the portholes and begin to row, and you guys start to sail into the broken bridge it is really, really a tight squeeze in here. Like, you are slowly moving, and you get the sense that um, normal pace is, is being cut down way, way short because you're rowing and you're trying to navigate through this kind of canyon. As you start to kind of move through, you can see kind of the, these smaller canyons kind of break off, and you can see, like, seabirds flying around there. Um, you can see, uh, after about an hour of rowing, you can actually see, like, there's a canyon, and there looks to be, like, a ship in, like, two pieces that's, like, 20 feet up in a canyon. Like at one point the water rose and it like broke or it crashed or something You can see all these seabirds down below in the water you can see all kinds of like fish and sharks that are kind of swimming swimming through as you continue about two hours in kind of winding through you can see there are pieces of island that are just floating in the air uh, that are tethered by like vines and and like long strands of kelp that are just kind of like drifting, kind of floating, and you can see uh, like seabirds like nesting up there and like diving down into the water. Make perception checks, everybody. I am rolling so bad today. Ooh, come oh, on, that's
3: another sixteen. It's a six. Twenty-one. Eighteen. Twenty-one. Eighteen. Oh,
1: Seventeen. I
3: was the only one under ten.
1: Okay, so this is also pointed out to you because it's a group thing. Great. But you guys, for uh, you guys, kind of looking down one of the canyons, um, see, kind of lounging on a couple of rocks are these are these kind of creatures that have like a female kind of top half and this long fish-like bottom half that have these kind of like fins sticking out of their heads and these like feathers um and like kind of blue skin and kind of like webbed hands Uh, and they're just kind of chatting with each other and like braiding each other's hair um and you see these kind of merfolk kind of like look over uh, and just kind of kind of watch you with these like large eyes as you kind of sail past the little canyon where they are. You can see these seabirds kind of flying all over. You actually see at one point what looks to be like a giant family of eagles. The eagle being roughly like the size of like half the ship uh, is like oh. nesting up on one of the rocks and kind of <coughs> dives oh. down and kind of scoops up this like entire shark and, and flies up into oh the air God. with it. And you just see this as you are sailing through this canyon, you see this like strange and magical like ecosystem that you are just like slowly moving through. Uh, the water is kind of dark blue and then black. Um, the, the canyon walls rise anywhere from 30 to 80 to 90 feet above your head. This just like strange cut in, in, in the earth that you are navigating via the ship.
4: What color is the canyon?
1: Uh, this dark black rock. Hmm. Yeah.
4: I think Doxie is just writing. Yeah. And like kind of sketching, but just like mostly writing Mm -hmm. about like what she's seeing. You see
1: like the the water will crash up and every once in a while there are like holes in the rock and you see at one point like a hundred tiny little crabs like scatter out of one of these like cracks in the rock and then are followed by this like (coughs) like giant crab that's like the size of a horse that kind of like skitters along the rock and then below the surf like there's all of these just like giant animals and 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 interesting aquatic life and like merfolk you see more of those uh phosphorescent jellyfish like drift down from the sky and then just like lower themselves into the water and, and go and kind of swim around in the water it's it's a little incredible and kind of like alien and, and kind of strange and, and weird and, and, and amazing beautiful yeah do you're like
4: a, I guess I wouldn't really know why this is happening but could I take a gander that it's because of the magical split that happened?
1: make an arcana check no you know what yeah it's that Uh, that's really (laughs) smart Uh, I'm gonna give that to you Uh, so you you have heard that there that through some sort of magic um, in some war long ago this section of earth was like broken with magic and you get Mm -hmm. the sense that this divine probably druidic magic just like soaked into the earth you don't really know Mm -hmm. like what the cause of the break is it could Mm -hmm. be a war it could be a natural occurrence of just like elemental energy right but that that like divine energy just like has affected did this little stretch uh, and has imbued it with these strange magical properties and, and made things defy gravity and made creatures grow beyond size and attracted like merfolk and stuff like that. It's a strange kind of alien super dope little can. So cool. um, as you are kind of sailing through um, at this point I will say uh, Colette has gone um, into the officers quarters and Olivia has taken up Steering the wheel. She seems very like specific about steering through this canyon herself. And there are a couple of close calls as she's kind of navigating her way through, but she she doesn't like scratch like any paint or anything like that. They, they have a guy up on the crow's nest who's like calling out things. Pim, you're kind of up front and you probably kind of ran along the dock as you kind of were watching some of those like little jellyfish. And as they kind of go down into the water, your kind of gaze moves up and you can see this this straight kind of stretch of the canyon where some of the canyon walls drop down to like 30 feet above the water and you can see right wedged right into your path in the canyon is a ship like kind of broken in half and kind of like like something like stuck it to almost like plug up or like block the rest of the canyon
2: does it seem like Olivia
1: is Olivia does not him? notice it. She's uh, she's just kind of okay. she's just kind of steering.
2: Tim's going to like watch it and like start to look up at where she's at. It, so is she up in the
1: She's in the back of the ship with the wheel. And she is waiting for the crow's nest guy to call it out.
2: Okay, I'm gonna like you, shout out. The crow's
1: nest guy isn't calling it out. I'm yet.
2: gonna shout okay. up to him. Okay, okay you, like what are you shouting out? Hey, look ahead and like start waving my arms like to to get his attention.
1: Okay. Uh, you start shouting that and you don't hear anything.
2: Uh, I'm gonna like point to everyone around and be like, "Look ahead, there's a oh. ship in the way."
1: Sh- should I burn it?
2: No. No. Can uh, you climb up there and maybe tell the person, Christmas. Yeah. and then she's tell she's the gonna... captain? Let's just tell okay, the captain. You start
1: climbing up. You guys run over to the captain. Yeah. You run over to the captain, and she's like, "Well, either way,
2: he should check on. You should go check anyway and see what's wrong yeah. with the watchman, Kay. though."
1: So you're climbing up while you guys are going to talk to Olivia. Yeah. You run okay. up to the helm. What is the matter?
2: There was a ship in the uh, canyon. It seems like
1: she's kind of. It. Let's okay. go. She she like gives you the wheel for a second, Thora, and kind yep. of walks over and kind of looks. She kind of looks up the crow's nest with like a, an agitated, yeah. like annoyed look, like what the hell? Uh, and she goes, "Um, we'll deal with it." Uh, anchors, and the anchors kind of dropped down, and the ship oh, kind of stops shit. for a second. Uh, Layla, you reach up to the top, and you can see uh, the guy kind of is just sitting there. Kind of, he's not looking at you. He's like looking the other direction, kind of like south. He's just kind of sitting on his seat. <laughs> Excuse me, is uh doesn't respond hello doesn't respond she's a she's a potent he kind of slumps <gasps> forward and kind of rolls off the chair and you see this long barbed spear sticking out of his front section and this blood soaking everywhere he is dead and he you push him and he rolls and you guys hear this and you guys see the body <laughs> hit the water and as you all kind of notice that Olivia starts shouting commands. You, with your kind of higher perception, and Doc, you as well, can kind of see up on the rocks what looked to be just kind of like boulders and like shrubbery is whipped away, and these two gigantic ballistas kind of (laughs) swivel to point at the ship. Uh, And you see these beings that look like people, but they have this like blue-green skin and this like fish-like face and this long like fish-like tail that are kind of like running with this strange kind of loping run. They have fins on the back of their heads, and they've got strange like, tendrils like hanging off of their chins. They look like fish people, mm-hmm. and they're clutching spears, and they are all running along the rocks and jumping down into the water. You are all kind of looking at this at the railing. Doc, what's your AC? 14. 14. Okay. This harpoon out of the water and into Doc. Uh, Doc, you take Eleven points of piercing damage, and I need you to make a strength. Uh, a, I need you to make a strength roll. Fuck me. Um, that's
4: an eight.
1: You guys are all kind of at the railing, and, and suddenly this harpoon out of the water. You look, you looking down? At him see this like long blue, like ha- like hand with these long black nails through it, and it's attached to a rope, and it buries into Doc's body, and the hand grabs the rope and pulls, and Doc. <gasps>
0: And off off the railing? Don't. No,
1: she is pulled off the railing and down into the water. And we're going to roll initiative.
0: Oh wow, this is going to be a doozy. <laughs> Great start. Hey everybody, this is Allie. I play Winnie here on the Adventures in Questing podcast, and I'm moving my microphone, mo- microphone around too much, and I'm going to stop it now. Because Caitlin, our sound designer, is glaring at me. Anyway, like I was saying, um, now that my microphone is in its holding position. Thank you so much for listening. And again, thanks for being patient with us as we took a little break. Um, we would love to hear from you guys on Twitter or Instagram or any social media that you like. Um, Twitter, we are ADV in questing and pretty much everywhere else we're adventures in questing. So um, thanks so much for supporting our podcast. I tweeted about this earlier this week, but I just want to say when I like look at our download numbers and kind of like... <laughs> look into things. It just makes me feel so grateful for all of you. And I know I'm giggling right now, but that's because Caitlin is next to me pulling faces. I mean that in the most genuine way possible. Okay. Anyway, wow, this went too long. I hope you guys have an excellent rest of your week and we'll see you next Tuesday.